Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's the podcast for the busy gamer. I am secretly in love with a fellow podcaster, it's Michael, and joining me as always, if he keeps going the way he is, he's going to have a bad time, it's Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Those stems have a deep history, it's Matt. Hoi! Yeah! (laughs) Send for colleague. Send me for colleague. And for the last month, we have been playing the cult indie hit Undertale, a game made by just one man, I believe. No, no, it was by one, more than one. mostly mostly one person with uh, some additional like assets and stuff from other people, which is fine. But I just want to like that was my thing was watching the credits and there's uh, I think there's backers and stuff in the credits, which is good because they you know they paid for it early or whatever. Uh, but then it's like, in, in design, Temmie. Temmie is a person. Temmie is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole that whole thing um, based off every, Temmie. So apparently every for every dog in the game is a real person who worked on it. Ah. Oh, yeah. So I've been lied to. Everybody's always talked about, like, how it's this one guy's, like, vision. But it's more of it, like a, he's the director. Yeah, and even even if he did all the coding, that's fine. Like, if if someone's like, oh, he coded it all by himself, that's still good. I just, I also, I, f- I feel like Michael is, is seeing what I'm seeing here, where it's like, well, hang on, if someone else worked on it, it's not one guy. Well, yeah, like, in the correct terminology, no, if you're using the sentence correctly, but, like... Uh, is any like was Stardew only concerned ape, or did he also get assets from people? Because like it depends where you put it, I guess. But yes, it is like the mind, idea, thought, project of Toby Fox, with like some assets dropped in and like ideas dropped in from from backers and and other um, artists. But I would say like ninety five percent of it is to, like. Is Toby the idea, the concepts, the scripts, the the thing that makes me the most mad? The music, like all Toby. Yeah, that, and that's good. And I don't want to discredit Toby. I'm trying to credit the others because it's still yeah, good yeah. no matter what. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's still good. It is yes, a very cult classic. I wonder if there is a like percentage. Toby Fox did ninety eight point three percent. Here's the thing: you can calculate it. Here's the thing, because I at least feel in the world of PC gaming, while this started as a cult game, it is very famous. Like, it is very well known. Even if, even if you necessarily haven't played it, everybody has heard of Undertale, at least in PC gaming. I'm okay. literally in a server of Minecraft right now. I'm literally in a server where a stranger who doesn't know about the podcast has created a 50 block tall image of Sands. So it's yeah. pretty. It's going. It's oh, yeah. like, and we're talking about a game that got like perfect scores on major review sites. So it wasn't like it wasn't a sleeper hit. It was just it's just it's just a niche kind of pitch because it is designed to be like a classic RPG that also combines elements of like bullet hell games and 
even I would say it's slightly of a slightly like a adventure puzzle game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, it's no, almost got not... that um like uh touch what are they called? What did they call them? You used to love like, them, Michael. It's point like click um, Gabriel Gabriel Knight. Yeah. So well, it yeah, it's got click. sort of that feel, like wandering yeah. around and doing puzzles and taking items elsewhere. And if you were a fan of the of the NES, um, things like Maniac Mansion were more like this, where you sort of move mm-hmm. it. You only have like a, a D pad and A B, and you you move around and interact that way. And that was definitely just like a a point and click, but without the point and click. And so that has those elements in this, where you're like collecting items to solve a puzzle or uh, someone wants something, which I guess RPGs have as well, but it felt, it just feels different to say, I don't know, what's a good example of a, of an old RPG? Well, like, if you're going to make a comparison, it's going to be Earthbound. Yes, it obviously draws a lot from that. But let's we like... played the wrong way around because Earthbound's not until later this year. Oh, I'm so ready for it now. We, we now get to go We made backwards. a big brain fart. <laughs> we should have followed it up. Is that your, your thought? Yeah, it would have been good. I, I almost went to. I almost went to just play Earthbound. And then you were like, no, 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 that's later this year. And I was like, oh, yeah, I knew. I definitely didn't forget. And we love to talk about the grind, first of all, on No Time to Grind. And... Here's something about this RPG versus something like Earthbound. They don't do as many random encounters. And so you reduce the grind in a big way by doing that. And actually, it becomes more of a puzzle if you're playing on Pacifist as I was. And so Mm -hmm. then you get a new kind of grind in that you have to try and solve the encounter. Yeah, it's yeah. a little little puzzle mini game for you to figure yeah. out while also playing another mini game of a bullet hell. Yeah, trying to dodge the attacks and just having to kind of persevere, I think, through it. And that is that is a bit of a grind for some things where you're like, you don't want to look up the puzzle and then you're just there like, I have no idea and you're just trying to dodge and dodge and then eventually you die and you get mad and then you find out that you're actually supposed to die three times in a row and then they just spare you. You are referring to... Wait, do we go into spoilers or no spoilers <laughs> currently in the Probably grind? no spoilers just yet. Okay. It was like a vague spoiler. So, I mean, yeah. if, if you're listening and you feel spoiled, it's like, well, just, hey, if you're having trouble and you've died three times in a row, feel free to be screaming at the top of your lungs. Yeah, don't feel so bad. It's all right. Until so, three. and then. <laughs> so the encounters themselves is where you'll find grind. And I guess if we're not going into spoilers, I will save it. But I legitimately was in one encounter for over an hour. God damn. Can, uh, can you convey to us what it is? I would I say don't think that saying a character. I would say that is... it's the middle of the game. It's uh it it is a boss fight. And yeah. is it a bit had... DDR? Uh yes, I guess a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's probably we- a good way of putting it. And in the end, I had to leave and do another kind of grinding just to get past. 
I'll go into okay. it more because I have to reveal probably too much. So if you want to play Undertale, like uh, once we're sort of wrapped up here on on our initial impressions and and is is it a game for a busy gamer? Uh, then go off and play because after that I need to get into some of the nitty gritty. Yeah, because that was insane. I was going insane. Yeah, yeah uh, that happens. That happened on my first playthrough. I feel like I didn't get it the first playthrough, um, and I feel like a lot of people say to do like pacifist first. But I truly think if someone is only going to play this game once, don't do full pacifist. If you like it, sp- like spare it. And if you don't like it or the puzzle's too hard, kill it. That's what I think because I didn't get to experience it. Um, but if you kill the wrong thing, it can end up having ramifications. But it just happens so naturally. Like um, I don't even know exactly who the characters I'm talking about are. I just know about what happens. So there's a place where some people are playing poker and it's not a specific character, but a like generic character. If you kill it or if you kill it, like I'm not sure if you kill it once or too many times or something, then it won't show up. And so the other characters are like, I'm still waiting for this guy. And so you're like, oh no, I did that. And I think it would be better to have that natural kind of Ah, crap. And, like, you can have an inner turmoil of, I mean, the puzzle was really hard. I couldn't solve it. Oh. Like, do you get what I mean? Yeah, like, you can feel bad for the... for. I mean, you can fall into what the game's trying to do in that. And I think don't try to escape that. Like, don't try to escape what it's trying to do. Where, can I just if you get pressed... Because I... For... <laughs> yes? I was playing... A pacifist run yes. and so to explain if you have a pacifist run and you do more of the act solve the puzzle spare the enemies then you don't gain any xp if you gain xp from defeating enemies does that improve your attacks or anything yeah, yeah. it improves your yeah. attacks and hp okay but so you'll find the game another... uh the game retaliates back in a certain way so what, you can take more damage? No, as in the game gets harder. Okay. Because in some aspect. If you're doing it... So because essentially I feel like you could make a big divide of normal genocide and peaceful pacifist. Uh, and it's like, I, I do wonder, because genocide is incredibly difficult. It, like You really got to want to do that run. Yeah, and I reckon... Because the things that are different that at least I know about, that Adrian knows that I know about, and we'll probably get into deeper (laughs) detail in the second half of the episode. Um, But it's like, that wouldn't happen. So it's not like you have to deal with that. But by playing as pacifist, so at this point where I was in, I was fighting one enemy repeatedly for an hour, I could not, I felt like, I felt like attacking it was not viable. I was because I had not killed anything previously. My attacks were very useless because I was like, "Well, I guess this is going to be the first one that I won't be able to spare," and I couldn't kill it either. <laughs> so I was just, I was just completely stuck at that point. 
because yeah i didn't have i didn't have the level to to do enough or i didn't have the item to do enough damage and also uh my tactic from sparing it the the bullet hell part of that encounter was just insanity that i couldn't survive and so then I, feel I had, like we and then I had the to context. backtrack, and I got a new, and then I got a new grind, <laughs> a new kind of grind. What was so? That? What you went back and then tried to up your level? I went back and ne- needed an item. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I had to grind a way of making money in order to get said item. Well, uh, I mean, I know a way to grind for money, but what did you end up doing? Uh, you wouldn't have heard this, but at the beginning of the show, we sync our voices because we do this online. And my favorite item in the game is dog residue because I needed oh. money. Oh, so buddy. I filled my inventory. When you use dog residue, you fill your inventory with dog residue and then you sell all your surplus dog residue to these wonderful little dogs that own a shop. You were so close. That, and like, I... <laughs> that's that's the second best way to farm gold. But it's it's all I knew at the time, and I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to do this. And so I continuously made dog residue and sold it along with dog salads to some little dogs for pittance... <laughs> and it took me forever, but then I could eventually buy some better armor. And then I could pass that battle. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So you, you uh, yeah, all right. So, so yeah, that's, that's what I think it... it ah, rough, that's good. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was on purpose. Uh, um, I'm really smart, I swear. See, I think that's the thing, though, is unless you're trying to do something specific... I feel like there is not really grind except for um, quote unquote getting good. Yeah, like, like that's where the grind is. It's learning the the patterns and the the attacks so you can learn how to jump. It's very, and I know it's a meme, but it is very Dark Souls in that way where it's like it's about learning the patterns and the attacks and knowing how to avoid them for long enough it, to do damage. <laughs> And it also is a bit like Bloodborne in my mind, which is Dark Souls, but of like once you get to a boss, even if it's not a true boss, it's like, yeah, you can go around and try to farm or you could just ram your head against the wall, which is like at my point in Bloodborne because I'm playing it again, twitch.tv slash megamanyx, that's right, boys. Um, It's like... Do I really need a farm for souls or should I just like keep trying against this boss? I'm just going to keep trying against this boss because my skill level is close to there already. But I I simply refused. After an hour on one boss fight, I went, no, I, mu- I must be missing something. Like, and so that's why I backtrack. And similar in a Dark Souls where you go, is there a weapon that I've missed that would help me here? And so I went backwards because I because and because simply get good is like okay cool but what if it takes me a week to get good? 
What if it takes me a month to get good? In that time, I now hate the game. Like, that can't be the only solution. Yeah, that's, Welcome yeah, to that's, the grind. That's, that's true. I'm just saying, like, you could also make that be the grind. Like, I'm saying that to me, those are the two grinds when you're specifically doing something. So you need to get, um, so for genocide, technically speaking, you're getting XP uh, or for when you've kind of, yeah, in a tough spot, you grind for money. And I feel like that's, so you've got the, the grinding for money or XP, which to me are hand in hand, or the other grind is it's a tough fight. Which, oh my god! I didn't I think I spent? Uh, wait, how many hours to beat the hardest boss? Without uh, just on stream, let's say. Yeah. Uh, it was like, it was like three, two, three. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I was cocky. I thought it was going to be easier than that. And see, like hearing that, I'm like, I don't want to get to that point. But, it, I mean, it depends what kind of person you are because I enjoy every moment. Like, it, it even took me, like, an hour and a half to two hours. Like, I just sat down on a Saturday and just kept playing until I did it. But I enjoy that challenge and that feeling of getting closer and closer. It's a really interesting concept that a few games have, like, come to recently. There's Souls games, but, like, Hollow Knight's another great example of, like, you're not increasing any numbers, but I know I can feel myself getting better at this boss fight or getting better at this thing that I just have to keep throwing myself at. And I enjoy that. And I think it comes down to, is that how you enjoy your challenges in video games? Yeah. And the other thing as well is that fight that took three hours to beat, that was completely a choice. I had to go out of my way to do that. Like... That wasn't a natural thing in the game. That was uh, Easter egg slash punishment. <laughs> you know? All like right. it's Well, I think we've been vague enough. It's time to dig into the real nitty gritty. So let's wrap up by saying, do you guys think this is a game for a busy gamer? Hell yes. Uh, like, it's a yes, but hearing of what comes later if you want to play the whole game no if you want to play undertale yes if you can play all of undertale no yeah i think that's a fair like way to take it like if you do just want to experience it and get part of what is enjoyable about the game you can't just play it and it is a game for a busy gamer i think it just depends what kind of busy gamer what kind of busy gamer you are. Cause even through the, like I did true pacifist and I did genocide and altogether it took me less than 15 hours, like 10 hours, 10 to 12 hours. I'd say, Ooh, let me check. Cause I did. Yeah. So I did true pacifist and genocide. Like it's so a very short game regardless, you know? So I think it still would be, I mean, in my opinion, a game for a busy gamer. Wait, does this not have a log of how long I've played for? Disappointing. Disappointing. Well, I mean, I did play it for free, so thank you, Xbox Game Pass, but uh, could you have how long I played for? Would be appreciated. All right, well, let's uh, swiftly move into inventory management. Okay, so I've opened this box. Uh, Sincerely, a box hater. Um, So that is a grind. 
because I tried to change items, but you can only have it. Anyway, uh, yeah, so right. we've got the Temi armor, so that's pretty good. Um, but we've also got our Facebook at No Time to Grind Podcast, and then my Twitch, like I said before, is Mega Matt EX. And uh, if you go to No Time to Grind Podcast.com, you don't even need to, like, that's it. Like, you just type No Time to Grind Podcast.com, and then the links are there. They're. I think they're let's let's see where they are. They're either at the bottom or at the top. You'll find it. You're smart. I believe in you. But we've got a Discord, so just follow all those links and then you can tell us if we're right, wrong, neither, both. Uh the next game, correct me if I'm wrong, is Psychonauts. That is the next game. Yeah. And then Earthbound. So we kind of <laughs> got a little a little break in there. A little know? breather. Which is good because Psychonauts 2 is coming out. Yeah, it's good timing. I'm glad uh, to finally get around to this. I've tried it before, but it didn't grab me, so I'm good to. I'm glad I will get to do it now. It's not yet, yeah, of course. It's another cult classic because that's our theme for the year. But I'm keen to get into it. And uh, you know the no time to grind power we have, where so we will play a game or we'll do something, and then big news happens. Yeah, I think I captured that lightning in a little bottle of, for myself because. Uh, our biggest video on YouTube is the Skyrim Song of the Dragonborn. Uh, and then the most recent video is a video about Smash Bros. And uh, guess who just got a me costume? Yeah. But the Dragonborn. We got that, we got that prophecy going. So, yeah, uh, we have insider knowledge. We don't know that we have insider knowledge, but we have it. So you can just pick out things we say. All right, uh, and that's, that's everything. Kind of then uh, let me have a look. Ah, the rest of it's all ugh, it's all dog residue. <laughs> oh well. Well, we Wait, can talk you can about sell the that. game now. Then you can right, sell so, it, but so should we preface spoilers from here on out? So I want to say, as someone who has been spoiled, don't let that dishearten you. Yeah. You can still play this with pretty much every major spoiler, because to me, the heart of the game is in between it like yeah someone could tell like we could tell you every big point and we're going to tell you some big points but to me the heart of the game was in between those big points i think the way it's a very good at at the way it displays. like you could like you said you could tell someone every major dot point and i think the the way the game portrays it and plays it out and the you know the imagery the music etc it would still you would still get the that hit of of enjoyment and that you would still you wouldn't be you wouldn't have lost it from the spoiler yeah that's so that's what i wanted to say as well because yeah i got spoiled probably what we're going to talk about it's a pretty big thing uh but don't let that dishearten you not one bit okay. stay uh, determined stay determined yeah stay determined it's hard but you can do it Okay, where do we even start? Shall we start with what I've been alluding to? Yeah, what, what, what were you talking about, Michael? It's Undyne. So, listen, listen here. Undyne, in both versions, no, bad. Uh, just because it goes against, because it's all about, it's kind of like Dark Souls. Like Hadrian was saying, you learn the moves, but it's not like the move is always, ah, yes, at the start of the cleric boss fight, uh, this area of the arena does this, or in this area, like when you first face Asylum Demon, he'll he'll always do that attack. No, no, no. He's got a whole array of patterns. 
But then Undyne is like, it'll always do this. It'll always lie to you about it in this level. And it's like, that's my two cents. Undyne is the reason I say people shouldn't do pacifist run anymore. I don't want her to be happy. <laughs> so here's my problem with it. So I've been playing. I've been playing pacifist until that point, and I would say until that point, it was not a difficult game at all. I was like, oh, this is pretty cruisy. Like I'm, like I'm sort of getting through this. You know, like even uh, Papyrus. Uh, I felt no, like maybe. He's a cinch. Yeah, you oh. get killed by him three times, and then well, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's that's like, what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, he kills you three times and then lets you go. So while he's tough, they don't force you there to get any better, sort of thing. So I'm like, oh, so it's not that punishing. And then I get to Undyne, and I kid you not, I sat at my computer for over an hour, going from that little save star up into that mountain pass. And it didn't matter. Yeah. It didn't matter that I knew the patterns. I pulled up a thing so I could see the patterns, and it just—it did not matter. I did not have enough healing items, enough health, enough ability, and I was like, I cannot progress. I was like, I can't see fast enough. I can't move my fingers fast enough to avoid all that damage. The final round, I'm like, it, I'm like, how? I'm like, how do? And so I went backwards. And understandable. If it's challenging, it's challenging. Um, And I was having a thought when I was doing the very last fight on genocide and I was doing Sands and I was like trying to, you know, be reactive to what's happening. And I could, I just felt, I was like, this feels worse than the first time I played it. And I'm like, I think I'm just getting old and I'm just getting worse at video games. So maybe it's just we're too old to really... (laughs) My fingers just weren't able to do it. And it's like, yeah, maybe I would have been able to do it eventually. Just get it down till it's completely subconscious. It's all muscle memory. And I'm like, but that's not enjoyable. Like, it was getting way too frustrating. It felt like it was no longer a challenge. It felt like the game was just sort of messing with me. And And so I was at the point where I legitimately thought that I had missed something or done something wrong. And so I had to go backwards. I was like, I mustn't, I mustn't be supposed to be here. And so I went backwards. And then, so grinding in another way, I'm like, what do I do? Where do I go? And in the end, I came to the conclusion of, well, I guess I'll need Temi armor. Now, Temi armor is hidden. So I actually had to look up because I had to go to Reddit and be like, the hell's going with, on with Undyne? as other people had as well. And people in the comments have said, like, look, if you're really having trouble with it, go and get Temi armor. But you don't have heaps of gold by that point in the game. No. And you first need to pay the Temi shopkeeper a 1,000 gold to unlock Temi armor. And so I did my residue, (laughs) residue, because that was the only way I knew how to make money at the time, to get a 1,000. And then it turns out I had died enough that the Temi armor was quite affordable from there. Oh, yeah, very cheap. <laughs> yeah. The, only, the, the better way is if you go to the turtle and buy, like, all the cloudy glasses you can and then sell it. That's the highest profit margin. So I love me some clod glass. Clod glass. Because I, I did that too. I In um, 
in pacifist because it's not available in genocide but in pacifist i did it and um yeah it's it's like a bit of like bye 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 as many versions as many copies as i can go over to <laughs> tim sell it all occasionally and- she'll freak out and want to give you more money for stuff yeah that's good as well. Whenever Love she got it. happy about my salads, I was like, yes, we're making money quicker. And then when you buy the Tamiyama, the game sort of warns you and says like, hey, like it'll be really easy now. Guess what? It's not. It's like, still it, pretty difficult. Yeah, it makes it makes Undyne's battle like palatable. And then from there, there still is challenge. And so I was like, well, this is perfect. Why is this not more affordable? Why isn't this easier to get? It felt like it made the the difficulty curve more gentle because at that point it had spiked wildly. Yeah, it is a bit uh, souls like in that regard, where it's just like, no, no, you things are hard. You just have to accept that. I guess you at least have the like option to grind, but like not always. Experience. Like Dark Souls, right? The way you play Dark Souls is that when you're in Undead Berg, straight off the bat, those little hollows uh, can kill you. And then you learn to get better on them. And then you're given more of them in different situations. And it builds. And it builds to a Taurus demon. And then it builds. This didn't This didn't build. And then after Undyne, comes all the way back down again and is really cruisy again. Yeah. I'd say the game only really has challenge halfway in with Undyne in both Pacifist and Genocide. And then right at the end with the relevant final bosses. But that's not like... Souls games have had have brick walls. Like... I, I I don't think I've spent more time on a boss in any game than I have on Bloodstarved Beast and Bloodborne. Uh, but I w- wouldn't knock the knock the fight. It's just yeah, different. It's just a challenge. I, I just think that um, yeah, Undyne is just different from everything else in a way that I cannot agree with it. Like I know that sounds like weird, but it's just. It's really not. Not only is it so different mechanically, which isn't a bad thing on its own, the way that it does the mechanics differently, it just it doesn't feel good. It didn't feel good to overcome at all. I wasn't happy overcoming it. Um, the first time I did it, um, I think I may have cheated using Cheat Engine, and that was Pacifist. And the second time I did it, I did it legit. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I kind of wish I just used cheat engine because I didn't have fun. I didn't go like, like sands, like every bloodborne or dark souls boss. You're like, ah, I did it. Wow. I'm a, I'm a God. No, I didn't feel that at all. I felt like I have wasted my time. I wish that I had. Do you think because you had exposure <laughs> to the Sands fight before you actually encountered it? Do you think if you'd come into that cold, you would feel similar about Sands? No, because it follows the same patterns and mechanics, and it also isn't just like some things are. Well, it's randomized. I would, I would argue that Undyne is easier because it's the same thing every time. It's just memory, like you were sort of. No, talking but that's about the problem. Is that? I don't like that. I don't like that it's like Undyne isn't so that's the thing, Undyne isn't hard because I could code an auto hotkey that could defeat her every time, you know? Like that's not <laughs> yeah, hard. That's that's, that's, that's that's it's difficult to implement correctly, which honestly this is a stretch. I'm saying this, I know it's a stretch. Me saying it. 
But if someone had issues with their fingers and said that this is ableist, I would go, yes, it is. I would say yes. <laughs> it's kind of rude for me to say that, and I do apologize. But I will say like, it is the weakest part of the game. Like, both in the, like, there's some, like, the way, like, it feels like it's just not coded quite right. Because especially, I mean, I was using, I was playing on the Switch with a joystick. So, arguably, things were a little bit tougher, especially with, like, trying to get left and right and, like, flicking the stick around. But, like, the the block, like, the actual physical graphic of it blocking things doesn't move fast enough sometimes. And it's like, well, I made it. My finger went to the left. but it That even the- happened on, on mine sometimes. So, like, and- it does feel not rushed or anything, but it doesn't feel as polished as the rest of this game because I think the rest of this game is so... It's like Super Metroid, and I keep telling people this. It's just this meticulously planned out, thought out game where every detail feels like it's been mulled over to perfection and Undyne just falls short. That everything else... So I was playing Asgore just before we started recording and he's... (laughs) Like he's he's tough as well in his own way, or uh, Metaton is tough, um, but they felt fair. They I could see what I was doing wrong, and like try better next time. Whereas Undyne, it just it just didn't feel right. I was like, mm. I'm like I cannot do any more than this. I'm like, what more do you want from me? I was like. D- d- like I legitimately thought that in the final round, I'm like, this is just designed to hit you and you're supposed to just have enough health to survive at the end. And I'm like, and that didn't feel fair. I'm like that. I just have to be hit. And that like, potentially it's not like that. And if your fingers are fast enough and your reactions are good enough, then you could not take any hits at all. And it's like, great. But to me, it felt like the game was going like, "Now this is a really crazy attack. You just gotta, you just gotta hold on, buddy. You just gotta make sure you get through." And I was like, "But this isn't like the rest of the game." Where? What else did you think of it, Michael? Because you played the least of it, so I want to see. I want to. I want to see because we didn't guide you through or anything like that. Um, how did you find the like rest of it overall? Is it as charming? And can you see why it's such a cult game? Well, yes, like it, and this is what I want to say in that, like, why I think it's not a cult game anymore. Like, it is a, like, it is a very well-written game. Like, it is legit, it, like, has legitimately funny, like, dialogue (laughs) and references and a very, like, and the world is very charming. And I think that's why it's sort of permeated into, like, video game culture like people do like reference it and you do see like undertale characters and sprites like because yeah it's just it is really charming and i i felt that um the, like the worlds are each like memorable and you're like oh waterfall like and the music and it all comes to get like it's in that way have it being really crafted where you're going like I remember each of these accompanied by the music that was there and the color palettes and the characters you meet and sort of what happens in each setting. Um, like it is like, it's a delightful game. And so 
I think that was part of the frustration that was like, why are you being so delightful and so hard? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so glad that I... feel like that was that on I, purpose, though. Like, it's I'm a- so glad that I got past Undyne in the end because Metaton and the lab is, like, is, like, great. Is, like, I just yeah. really enjoyed that. I found that whole section, like, I enjoyed the puzzles. I found it funny. Like that, it, like it really. I was like, I think that was like a real highlight of what I've played so far. And it was locked behind this thing that gave me so much rage. It was like it was a nice reward, I guess, in the end. That it was like, and here's what's on the other side. Possibly the like the best part. And I was like, oh, amazing! This is great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I get why it's so popular because it is so delightful. And in that way, it's like, yeah, you should play it. But you don't need to complete it. Like, if you can't do that, or you're the kind of gamer like me, where you don't want to bang your head against a wall, like, don't. And you can still enjoy a lot of it and a lot of the that, characters. That's good to hear. Because I, I have concern. Like, I think this game's really good. I think it's a masterpiece. And I, but I always had concerns that you, it's not re- like r- truly enjoyable unless you do true pacifist into genocide but i'm actually i'm reassured a lot by what you said because i mean i've I've only ever played it the one way true pacifist into genocide so i can't understand it coming from a different direction you know here's a thing that i've since found out because i so to to get more sort of versed in it where i got up to i then sort of read ahead a bit more and tried to understand the other endings and I'm a little bit annoyed because as far as I can tell from research online, playing Pacifist on your first playthrough is redundant. Uh, no. I mean, yes and no. A lot of people are saying, a lot of people on Reddit and in forums have said they're like, look, just play neutral on your first time. And the then th- and then do a Pacifist. In, I mean... I haven't played... Um neutral technically and i agree with that because that's what i was saying because it's like yeah i get it peace well, from a- is supposed to be hard it's supposed to be hard to be peaceful genocide is harder for obvious reasons you've got extra tough boss battles and you've got to grind so much more but then peace is hard because it's yeah when there's things that it's like there is no apparent answer to the puzzle and you just got to deal with kind of getting killed and it's like oh, i get it yeah that's cool peace is hard it's hard to yeah like it's not easy to be peaceful oh, wow so clever i get the message can we stop now kind of like last of us too i might have got further if i had just played it neutrally but i heard a lot because the game has a lot of like hype around it and even from you guys talking of pacifist runs and then the game makes pacifism enticing in itself and so i went i went along that i might have got further just by playing neutral because i would have had to spend so long figuring out how to solve each encounter like the horse that flexes (laughs) and usually they give hints anyway to what they want or don't want but that doesn't so when you when you like when he flexes it says he gets stronger so you go oh i shouldn't do that and but you have to make him flex three times 
So it's like, but but the game initially is almost telling you like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. He's stronger now. And so you have to like, you do have to like puzzle it out. And so that takes up a bit more time. So I'd, so potentially neutral is the first way you should play because you'll get all the breadcrumbs to entice you for another run at it. Whereas doing a pacifist run first time, I feel like I do have quite a bit of the story and what's coming next is uh, your true pacifist where you reload your save and go again and then genocide. And it's like, I might be inclined to do true pacifist, but I'm not really inclined to do genocide. I, I think from a grind and time perspective, because you essentially have to do a neutral run to get to true pacifist anyway. The only difference is you're doing a neutral where you don't kill anyone. Um, I don't think it's that much different. Like you gain some levels, you gain some health, but honestly the health, I don't think the health is that helpful. And genocide is a great example where you kill everything. So you get maximum levels, but the game scales up damage. I'm pretty sure you would die to similar amounts of hits. All the like enemies along the way, not important. Then they're, they're nothing in any of the runs, really. What you're looking at is like the the main enemies and bosses. And both times, I don't think having more health helps you. So if you kill, so if you spare all bosses, is that considered pacifist? No, uh, pacifist, you can't kill anything. Right. Um. You can't kill anything and you have to go on two dates. For true pacifist. Otherwise, it's... I would well, call... Like, I mean, yeah, I guess. Because mechanically, it is identical to a uh, neutral if you don't go on the dates. Yeah, like... Pacifist and true pacifist are, are hand, like they're the same thing. It's just... Yeah, you have to complete a run of the game to then go back and do the the secret lab stuff, which is the true pacifist. That's the other thing, the interesting thing about this game in that it is a it's a straightforward RPG and then it's also like a very fleshed out RPG. So you can ignore you can ignore like going on dates and there's even like some side quests for people before the core and stuff. And like you can just ignore all that. You can just like beeline it and it's yeah. kind of interesting. And that's- like there's there's a lot here. And if you ask me, that's a good RPG. I don't want to have to do side stuff in my RPGs. Yeah. Um, like- but that that said, this, this RPG was designed to co- sort of circumvent popular ideas like and what an RPG is. It was it's a very artsy game in that regard. It was I mean it's an RPG where you you kind of are incentivized to not kill anyone. It's playing on those tropes of, you know, running, running into random enemies and killing them all because they're just random enemies. But in this, they're not. They're, they're like people that have families and the game really wants you to... The game really tugs on your heart. It really does not want you to do a genocide run. At every opportunity, you feel bad. I feel bad killing everyone. The game does a really good job. And that's why I really like... I personally like pacifist into genocide because pacifist, you really learn why to love all the characters and you know what happens to them. And then you restart the game and it even goes flowery even says, uh, 
Are you sure? Everyone's happy. There's only one person who could make us not happy, and that's you. And then you start your genocide run, and you murder everyone, and even and everyone's just like, please stop it. We can't. And is the game's really good at pull, playing with your emotions. I don't think I got. I don't think I got as attached, but maybe that is a multiple play through thing. Uh, I feel like it's no, it's just the the true pacifist. You really get to just talk to those characters that have that charm, and you really get to mm-hmm. like. You spend more time with them. Yeah, like a lot more. Time. You get another date that you don't get in the standard run, and. Um, you learn much, much more about the backstory of the world and, and the main characters that you don't get in normal. So, like, full spoiler territory. Ariel is mentioned. So Ariel is like the prince, uh, yeah. Asgore and L'Oreal's son, who is like the friend of the first human that falls down. Did you just say L'Oreal? Is it L'Oreal? Asriel. No, no, the Toriel. Oh, Toriel. Toriel. Right, right, yeah. That's what it is. I haven't seen her in hours. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. She's barely in the game. And so their son is not mentioned in at least your first playthrough until like right at the end. Yeah, because that's the like that's the standard plot, I'd say, you know? Is it like it's like it's a secret and I was like I'm like, this is both good and bad, like because the the mystery is interesting, but then at the same time it's just kind of an exposition dump right at the end. But because yeah, when it's you're trying to the... walk to Asgore and it's just yeah. like blah, 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 blah. yeah, but at the same time, as you find out, like that's not really the end. So to the writers, they are telling you at an appropriate time. There's still, you know, there's still true pacifist ending there's still genocide there's still so much more to the story to learn anyway so they just kind of give you the the final pieces that if you finish up with asgore and then flowey then you could stop there and you've got everything you need per se and I'm like it is cool I'm like i think that was the other thing as well i liked that part of the story and i was a bit sad that it came so late because I was like, oh, like, oh, this makes a lot of sense now. Like, oh, that is that is tragic. So this will be an interesting insight into uh, not playing with knowing what you're doing. Do you know what happened to Azriel? So they explained it that he had he got so angry at the death of the first human mm. that he absorbed that human soul to cross the barrier into the human world. He then took the body to go and see the flowers in his own village. And arriving in his village, everyone was shocked because it's a monster and they attacked him. And he, like, smiled and walked away. But then his dad vowed, like, to kill any humans. Because, like, I guess they treated humans nicely, but then humans treated monsters badly when he was trying to do a nice thing. Mm. And so, like, that's all that's been explained to me so far. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> there's yeah, true pacifist just explains so much more. That's not the end of the story for Azrael. But also not even cuz genocide provides another point of view. Well, I think I I consider genocide to be like a different timeline almost cuz your character is a different thing like in yeah. in true pacifist and I don't hope I hope not hope you don't mind me spoiling michael but in true pacifist you're kara but in genocide you are sorry no true pacifist you're frisk in genocide you're kara the first human reborn essentially okay Um, so you change you change you literally change characters yeah so it's like it's almost like the game switches what like timeline you're on or like what happened based on what you decide to do because in genocide so in in true pacifist you're kara you're a random human that did fall down and you showed everyone love and you set them free in genocide sorry frisk and pacifist i don't know why i'm getting confused in genocide you're kara who is the like reanimated corpse of the first human who's like i don't know i think because they don't have a soul they're like vengeful yeah and like that's why it's so More cold i thought yeah very cold and very yeah. power hungry is How, what yeah. I took. because what so true pacifist it like it lays out everything that actually that like happened right um but then i feel like genocide it finally gives you the motive of why it happened and it's because the first human actually wanted to commit unalive because that way Azrael could become could absorb the soul and then become stronger just so that so they were willing to be a vessel for ultimate power kind of thing and it's like hang on that's not what they said in true pacifist at all yeah and they even say in genocide like you look like the you look like him you look like the first human there's references to that, you know, character in the in the story. So is so, it all just a matter of perspective? And is well, that why Toriel and Asgore no longer live together because they they both see the two the two different stories? Um, no, I don't no. think. Um, I think they just split because uh, no, because Toriel is mad at Asgore. Asgore, because she didn't agree with the barrier. Yeah, no, she didn't agree with, with how the he... human killing. Sorry. Yeah, she's like the way you did this, like having to kill people is bad. To do it, you should be able to do yeah. it without killing people. But that might suggest that she has a greater understanding of what exactly her son did, whereas Asgore is ignoring that and just focusing on what the humans did. Well, Asgore, Asgore's mad because the humans killed Azrael. Yeah. So, and I think, like, I think they both have good intentions, but they just disagree with how to go about it. Because Asgore's like, I think, I think while he did kill Azrael, I think his main motive is getting everyone free now that they know how it, that it can be done sort of thing. Um, I don't like, because he's not a, you, I mean, you met him, right? He just wants to give you a cup of tea. He's not a vengeful guy. He, he's like yeah. reluctant. He's like, I'm sorry, I have to do this. For the people, like he's doing it for the greater good, whereas Toriel has a no, um, 
no sacrifices should be made, you know. Anyway, very deep lore, very deep story. <laughs> like, and it's really interesting because, like, even then, there's stuff that's so deep, like, you may never encounter it in a hundred playthroughs. Yes, that's right. There's what they call, like, a fun value that your game um, generates off a random numbers between one and a hundred, and that dictates certain things about the world. And, like, there's a one in 100 or three in 100 chance or something very low that this whole other character will spawn and, like, all these people will talk about this whole other thing and who who Sans and Papyrus are and what that is. And it's so very interesting. It's just not... It's one of those things where it's, like, up to the viewer, up to the player kind of thing. Uh, but that's... I don't know. It's just why I love it. It's so... It's so much. I hate how jealous I am of Toby Fox. <laughs> Mostly because how dare you? How dare Toby Fox? Look at me in the eyes, Toby. How dare you be able to make such a beautiful game and the best soundtrack to a video game I have ever heard. This is the only soundtrack That's to a video price. game that I have ever listened to outside of like the game. I don't listen to game, game soundtracks. I barely listen to game audio when I'm playing it. But I'm just like, these songs are so catchy. They're just, they're so succinct and perfect and they're so emotive. How dare you, Toby Fox? It's illegal. <laughs> what did you guys think of the music? Am I, am I overreacting? Am I, am I taking out my jealousy of not being a successful musician on I Toby Fox? Some of, the, some of the music in this game is better than like real music. Like, <laughs> easily. Yeah, like, easily. <laughs> Like last episode, Phoenix Wright, I was talking about how that the music fits the mood, and it's like, mm. whoa! Like it's not necessarily that it's like good; it's just that it fit the mood so so well. Uh, whereas this, it's like, oh, this is the best music. Uh, like if someone said, "Yep, this is the best music ever," I'd be like, "I see where you get that." I see where you get that. I like. I think that it's like it is amazing. Like it all, it all perfectly fits the music. But, and I wanted to say this about Undertale, kind of as a whole. So, like, so you love the music, and there I, are people. Oh yeah, there are people who love Undertale, and I feel in a way that I've been tainted by people's over enthusiasm. Oh, it's that classic thing of like, yo, you got to watch this show. Bo Burnham's Inside, the best thing on Netflix. And then you're like, yeah, is it though? I don't need to watch and it. So, and I like, mean, that was pretty good. And seeing on, <laughs> you know, seeing 10 out of 10 scores, you're like, you're like, it's been oversold. And yeah, a part yeah. of me is like, I really wish that I didn't know these things about the game. I wish that someone didn't say, oh, this is a masterpiece. Because then now I'm trying to judge it as a masterpiece. And I'd rather just judge it as a game. And it's the same with the music. Like, I really like the music. But saying it's the best game music ever, my brain goes, eh, I don't, I don't know about that. And it's like, and I, don't, I don't know where it's coming from. Because I, I try, I really try, because I don't like people who are deliberately resistant to recommendation. I always do try a recommendation, but I feel that just that it is overhyped 
for me in a way and I, a little piece of me is sad that I didn't get to experience it without that. Yeah. I, I would like to have a truly unbiased opinion because it's all so, it is all really good. It is fantastic music, fantastic art. I actually think the animation of the sprites, uh, some of them were like really nice and like caught my eye because he occasionally sort of changes how they'll move or do something that, because this is technically what eight bit, I guess. Yeah, oh, sixteen maybe. Yeah. It's, it does. They move sometimes in ways that a game of that vintage of NES or SNES wouldn't move, and it catches your eye, and you're like, "That's nice. That's a nice touch." I enjoyed like, you know, the stretch and release on that animation kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't notice that until um, someone pointed it out on stream. It might have been Matt, but like the way your character walks, their hand actually shrinks and gets bigger, like as a, as if your arms are swinging. And I'm like, that's a the smallest little touch that some that Toby's yeah. just There's all over. this amazing detail, and yet my brain says not 10 out of 10, like including the music, like really nice music, not the best soundtrack ever. But the way I, like if I had that thought, and I definitely do have that thought about things that get oversold to me is can you name something like better because it and that's the thing is like nothing comes to mind but it's like but where is it where is it coming from and i'm trying to like i'm trying to figure out i'm like am i being unfair is this truly a masterpiece or am i being fair only you can tell (laughs) like but the thing is is like that is that i I mean i think you're not being fair but (laughs) only i can tell that i think that you know it's it's just it, like we've talked previously about like is there a prop, proper way to review things? And I'm like, and when we play these games, I try not to like. So like, I wasn't I wasn't overly thrilled in the fact of playing an RPG, um, like, like this kind of RPG. RPG. Um, you know, like you know believing it to be like an earthbound kind of thing. I've tried those games like many times and I just don't get into them. So I was like, ugh. But then I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, well, this is this is so different. Like the actual mechanics, like be, having a bullet hell, having the sort of puzzle elements it makes the turn-based nature less passive and you're always more involved. I'm like, that's great. And so, it, like, it completely won me over. And and I'm glad that that feeling didn't get in the way when I entered of being like, ah, oh, an RPG. And the game went, no, 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 hang on. Like, give me a chance. And I went, okay, Toby. And I gave him a chance, and he won me over. But I'm just not sure if I'm at Masterpiece. So then how would you rate this with our final rating system? I still think it falls into a make time to grind. It is a must because, as I've mentioned, I don't actually think it's particularly cult anymore. I think it is a huge part of gaming culture that I think everyone needs to experience because it is some of the best examples of game music, game design, game mechanics. Like, it's it's some of the, the best you've seen in a long time, particularly, 
And this is the other thing. So it could be a masterpiece when you keep in mind that it is an indie game. It is probably the greatest indie game perhaps ever. Like I think, oh. it, like I think it's 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 more possible to say that than to say it is a masterpiece of all games. It's definitely a masterpiece of small project. Like they could not have done this better. They nailed everything they wanted to nail except the Undyne fight. So it is a must to experience. You don't have to completionist it because that going completionist on these kinds of game is like uh, trying to 100% like a super meat boy. Like if that's, if you like skill-based games, then go nuts. But if you're like me and you don't, you don't love them as much. You don't like banging your head on a wall. It's still a must for everything else we've mentioned: charm, music, and the gameplay is all like must be experienced. What about yourself, Matthew? Um, you know that um, in the past, like it, it, we have a precedent that only two people need to vote for this to be Busy Game Award. Just so, just as a reminder. That that's my way of saying this is a perfect ten out of ten game. This this Ooh. is like this is no no this is yeah it it's beyond. I'm the reverse of what Michael's saying. This is this is over like this is beyond indie games. This is triple A games need to look out. Watch because this is the standard now. This is Iron Man. He made this. To- Toby Fox made this in a cave with scraps. Why can't you make something this good with a hundred <laughs> exactly. people? That's not a bad reference. Like in that, like Iron Man started everything, like and changed the game. And I think that this really has. But at the same time, from my camp, Iron Man is not the best MCU movie, and I think that this is not, you know, one of the greatest games of all time. Like, it's not making the 10 greatest games for me, but it's still a must. This is, like, one of the greatest games of all time. If you Go play this. Stop listening. Don't listen to what Adrian has to say. Go play it. (laughs) But it made me mad. (laughs) (laughs) It made me mad. It did make me mad. And there is... There's one, like... It's like, you know, there's one glaring oversight, and that's Undyne. But besides from that, where are the flaws? I don't. I don't see any. Yeah. To wrap up, I agree. I concur. Make time to grind. We. Get, if you want to give this the busy gamer award, then I'm in unanimously. I do think this is. I do think this is one of the greatest games of all time. I would put this up with Super Metroid, because when I say when I'm thinking about a masterpiece, like nothing's perfect, right? Even Super Metroid has problems, but. They just get so close and you can, it's, it's something in the air where it's just like, you can tell that the creator, the developers, the people who worked on these kinds of games thought about every little thing until it was perfectly crafted within reason. Obviously, like I said, nothing's perfect. Undyne is uh, probably the, the little notch off so that you would only give it like 99%, but round to the nearest hole. I think exactly. this game is 10 out of 10. Like, I make time to grind. It has to go It has to go into your repertoire. 
I it's one and it's I think it's one of the most yeah well crap that's I think it's for masterpiece not everyone's going to enjoy it but you can't deny that it's just the most well crafted game in what it made what's been made here and uh, I think I think everyone should play this I think people who don't like video games should play this like that's how good it is it's like <laughs> if someone was like yeah what are the top ten like best games it's like I would I would recommend this over like Ocarina of Time because Ocarina of Time's old, right? Like this game I think is almost timeless as well. It's got that Super Metroid thing of like the graphics, while old, uh, still work in any time. Yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> I like, can't gush about this game enough. It's just so. <laughs> mwah. I it's like uh, what to explain this is like uh, you know like I'm on board, but we're on different boats. <laughs> you're on the like lifeboat off the hanging off the side yeah like, i'm like yeah I'm, I'm ready to like, go at any moment right. <laughs> but this is not like like this yeah it's not it's not top 10 but i think that's okay like what do you think it is that's holding it back in your mind do you think it's a, a like a perception you have about games like oh it well it didn't have a hundred people making it so it can't be a 10 it can't be a masterpiece no it's not it's not to do with that like because i think it is like like you're saying, like uh, the AAA teams could learn so much. As an indie, it's a masterpiece. But as games as a whole, the the experience was still what's the word? It just wasn't like it didn't fulfil me. I think in the same way that it did for you. Like it was enjoyable, but it wasn't life changing. You know. It's no, it's no Witcher three. It's no Skyrim. Like it hasn't really, <laughs> really, it hasn't really uh. redefined things for me. It's just proven that that style of RPG is is not dead, and there's still a lot of great innovation that you can do there, and people can craft excellent things. But it's not anything I've never seen before, in a way. It's just really, really well done. Like it is amazing, but it's not. I don't th- I don't think it goes down as like a a top 10 of all time. I would I would say that Ocarina of Time is better than Undertale. All right, so you, you, we're just going to continue this like we're going to extrapolate you hate Fallout. That's what I'm going to go next. No. Um No, like <laughs> Fallout as well, like fulfilled mem- that's that's just a I think that's just a quality that each individual person holds so yeah, i'm on board yeah, in saying that this is a fantastic game it is a must you should play it because it means so much now to gaming but on a personal experience that is almost undefinable it did not provide me with enough fun to be one of my masterpieces it did not fulfill me enough yeah i think my like I could just like counter argue and be like, "Well, you're dumb," because that's what I want to say. But <laughs> I think what I where I what would go I, is just very quickly is like, "Well, maybe you do need to try True Pass first into genocide then," because like maybe yeah, you're I missing mean, maybe, maybe some of that more, like context. And maybe but uh, but I'm more. sort of seeing it as like I like Australian rules football, but someone else is equally as mad for soccer. I don't like soccer. Does it make either game invalid? Not at all. It's just my personal enjoyment of the game is less than the both of you. 
And I think that not enough people might be aware of that. And I think you should actually go into it and try as hard as you can to forget that there's a really passionate, uh, sometimes over-hyping. Like, you need to just experience it because I do feel slightly tainted in a way. Because I, because I, maybe I was, maybe in a way I was expecting more that I didn't get. But I just didn't, I th- yeah. I didn't find the same level of enjoyment as used to have found. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, it's hard to measure everything else. I could just say that I think you done blah, blah, blah. But my actual thing to say is, I think, like, my, what I really think, what I truly think is that this is by far and away the best story out of any game ever. Like, and the like, the Can world it's set in. I think in that, that yeah, what, yeah. That and I just, I <laughs> like, I didn't get that. Like, like I'd be plenty an idiot of to games say, have equally as good story. Like, I'd be an idiot to say, oh, it's a better game than The Witcher Three. But it's like, well, hang on, that's me. Like I've played both. We have episodes on both. It's like no, no, no. But the story is is the standout, and the world and the charm that it has. That's the standout. And if you're yeah. looking for a game like that combat, it's gonna frustrate you, and that's not good. Like that can get bad. I don't think it got that bad, but it can. Like I can see people like taking off the score from that. If bullet hell's on your thing, th- you might have some trouble for sure. But I didn't get oh, I didn't get lost in the world. You know, like other games I've found their story more engaging. Like this is it's like it's a really good story and it's amazing how how all these characters have their own stories. But it's not unheard of, even in this style of RPG. It's like I haven't found it to be revolutionary. It's just very good. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. But I didn't get, I, I've been more engaged and more fulfilled by other stories, by other games. And I'm not like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to detract from it. I'm just trying to explain my experience. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not trying to bring it down. I don't think I can bring it down, but it can't bring me up anymore. Do you think you can like you can see why people would give it a ten out of ten masterpiece best game of all time? Yeah, I, like everything is there, and it's like like it's a ladder, okay? And like and I've climbed the ladder. I feel as as high as I can in terms of like yep. And here I am at the it is amazing rung, and then there are people higher up that are like is this I'm at the masterpiece rung, and there are people further up again who go. I am at the p- most perfect game rung, and I'm like, oh, I can't climb up there. Uh, it's not, it's not doing it for me. I'm not going to climb that high. All right. Well, we've gone. But it's all quite the same We've gone quite long enough here at this episode. <laughs> it's a very, it's a game worth talking about. It's a very passionate game. So yeah, I'm glad we took the time for this one. I hope you enjoyed it, everyone. It's been a bit of a long one. But if you do have any gripes with any of our opinions or you want to talk about it more or you want to bash Michael's hatred of this game, <laughs> uh, we have plenty. We've got Facebook. We've got a Discord. Like Matt said, you can go to the website, notimetograndpodcast.com and find the links or head over to Twitch 
youtube.tv slash mega matt ex and uh matt will be more than happy to uh thank, discuss thank you for <laughs> thank you uh my my silence is i i just don't i just it's because i never played this so i am like oh everyone must have the same experience that you play it and then you love it <laughs> so i'm like i don't understand how can he not love it <laughs> he's he's gobsmacked but he's te- it's uh We'll take him off to emergency. We'll make sure he's all right after all that. Um, I want to hear they, from more people. No, I just, I just think Michael's going to have a bad time. He he wasn't determined enough. Yeah, it's, hey, it's, I, I stayed determined. I sold that bloody dog residue. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. My name's been Adrian. <laughs> Oh, sorry, my name's been Matt. <laughs> and I've been Michael. There's a switch on my back. <laughs> Just turn me off. I'm done with this. I like Metaton is underrated. How is he not the biggest? I know. Like, he was my favorite part. Thing. And I'm like, why I, is he? Why do not people talk about him enough? Yeah, I know. I don't like him. Oh! <laughs> don't let him hear that. He came for my name. That is true. <laughs> <laughs>